Faithful. 
so good with every breath that I am made. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God's been good to you, say amen. 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 We are so grateful that God's been good to us and we can live in his goodness each and every day. What a great song to sing. Thank you, ladies, for doing a wonderful job of leading us in, uh, in worship this morning. Um, well, this... Um, uh, past couple of weeks, I hit the transfer portal kind of late and uh, went to youth camp with the teenagers this past week and enjoyed being there and hanging out with them. And um, as a result of that, um, surprisingly enough, I decided I probably wouldn't have very much time to prepare for today. And so I asked John, Brother John Bryan if he would preach for us this morning. And uh, I didn't think he wanted to hear a sermon on, I really need some sleep. <laughs> Though I did get more sleep than I thought I might, and so, but anyway, we have Brother John Bryan here to bring God's word for us this morning, and uh, Brother John's going to come. Brother John was pastor at uh, Lockhart Baptist Church for many years. Uh, many of you know him as uh, Tina Bowles' dad, and uh, he's got some grandsons here that he's mighty, mighty proud of, and we're going to ask him to come and preach God's word. So give, uh, by the way, we have a little technological difficulty with the phone here. I'll work on that. We may or may not have Facebook Live today, but anyway, give Brother John a good hope. We'll welcome. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. I appreciate Brother Barry's confidence in me to call and invite me to speak to you this morning. I pass several churches on the way from Florella to here and other churches where I preached, and those churches seem to be doing well, at least by the number of cars that I see in the parking lot. So I'm hopeful that after a couple of years of COVID, our churches are beginning to spring back and people are coming back and new people are visiting our churches. And so I am so grateful for the ministry that you have here at Hopewell, for the music ministry that we've experienced this morning. And I just thank God for all that's taken place this morning. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Matthew chapter 20, please. Matthew chapter 20. Look at verse uh, 20, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Then came to him, that is Jesus, the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And Jesus said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy kingdom. So this, the mother of these two men came to Jesus and she says, I want my two sons to have a prominent place in the kingdom. I want, if you will, them to be known. I want people in the kingdom to be, to be able to see them. I want them to stand out. 
This gave Jesus an opportunity to teach on a very important lesson that 2,000 years later the church still needs to hear. So if you will, go over to verse 25. Verse 25. But Jesus called and called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and that they are great and that they are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You go back up to verse 26, you see the word minister. That word could be translated or means servant. Verse 27, you see the word servant again. Minister, servant. And then... In verse 28, Jesus said that he did not come to be served or ministered to, but he came to minister or to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So as we think about these things, I would like for us to think about ministry this morning. I would like for us to think about serving this morning. We can't we can't do all, perhaps, that, that we want to do. When I was growing up, and I may have said this before when I was here, rock and roll was big back in the early days. And Elvis Presley was uh, king of rock and roll, I guess, back in those days. But one of the people that I really like to listen to and uh, I wouldn't lift him up today as someone to be lifted up, but I like to listen to Jerry Lee Lewis. I, I, if I, I, I'd almost say I'd give my right arm to be able to play a piano like he could play one, like Miss Rowland can play one. I, sit, I, I look at those keys and I have absolutely no idea what they mean. I can't preach like Charles Stanley preached or David Jeremiah preached. But there's one thing that I can do, and that is to serve in the place that God has put me in and in the ways that God has called me to serve. Amen. So what, is, what do we need to be the servant of God? Not just on the surface, because I teach a Sunday school class, or I do this, or I do that, but to really be a devoted, dedicated, Christ-honoring, Holy Spirit-filled servant. I think one of the things that you have to have is compassion. You have to have compassion. We live in a day when sometimes compassion is hard to come by. We see so much bad that we become cynical about the things around us. Somebody comes to us and, and says, can you, can you help me with some food? And the first thing we think is, well, they're going to buy drugs with it. Or we see somebody on the roadside having car trouble, and we drive on by and we think, that's too bad. I've got things to do. We move on. But compassion stops. Compassion thinks. Compassion acts out of a heart 
of love. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus is going to feed the 5,000, 5,000 plus others. And it says there, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved by compassion toward them, and he healed the sick. So Jesus saw all of these people gathered together. He couldn't send them away to McDonald's or Hardee's or somewhere to get something to eat. He felt that burden, and as he looked on them with compassion, he says, I will feed them. So he called the disciples together, and you know the story. They only had a few loaves of bread and a little bit of, of uh, meat, fish. Disciples saw a problem, whereas Jesus saw people that were needy. Jesus was confined to Israel from Judah to Galilee. In his 30 years of life and three years of ministry, how many people did he see compared to the number of people we see on a weekly basis as we go to work, we go to school, we come to church, we walk the, the highways of life. And as we pass those people, as we engage with those people, do we have a compassionate heart to serve the needs of those people? So Jesus, again, a little later, he feeds 4,000 people. And he says, I have compassion on the multitudes. So Jesus was moved with a love for others. Are we moved by the crises and heartaches and hardships of others? Or are we so busy in our own world and I'm as guilty as anybody else is of it that we just move on, we go about our business, they'll make it some way? I don't know how it is with Brother Barry. And a lot of, and you may be in the same, same way but pastors get called on a lot on a daily basis. Brother Barry, can you help me with my electrical bill? Brother Barry, can you provide gas? I need to go so-and-so. Brother Barry, can you go to the hospital? And in that sense, we're alike. We get up and we have our days planned out. One phone call messes up our whole day as far as schedule is concerned. But you just don't say, you cannot say, I don't have time for you. It may be later, but we just cannot dismiss people. You look over a little bit in chapter 20, verse 34, there are two blind men. Jesus was busy, but Jesus took the time to heal them. Over and over and over again, Jesus is busy, but he has compassion. Jairus came to him and said, my, my daughter is, is dying. Jesus could have said, well, that's just the way of life. You're born and you die. But Jesus took the time to go to the house and raise her from the dead. There was a lady at the well. And uh, Jesus, the Bible says, must needs go through Samaria. And so Jesus stops or at Sychar. And he talks to this lady. Don't you know Jesus got tired? And he got 
perhaps tired of the burdens that he faced, but God sent him to that spot for that lady for that time. You ever stop to think why you're in Andalusia, Alabama? Of all places, why are you? Well, my parents were born here. Or we came here to work. Or we came here for this. We came here for that. But why here? And I think it's no circumstances or good luck or misfortune or however you want to look at. God sent you here to serve. He sent you here to serve with compassion. Second thing quickly is serving requires helpers. Serving requires helpers. Let me give you a silly illustration. The deacons come to Brother Barry, and they say, Brother Barry, uh, the church is doing well financially. We're growing. Uh, you've done a great job. How many years have you been here? 24. 24. You've done a great job over 24 years, and we want to give you a substantial raise in salary. And I know he would be excited, so let me just plant that idea in your mind. <laughs> but you say to Brother Barry, with this raise is going to come other duties that you'll have to perform. And if you're not willing to perform these other duties, we'll not be able to give you the raise, or we will not give you the raise. So Brother Barry shyly says, well, what are these other duties? And without explanation and all of that, they perhaps say, sometime between Thursday and Sunday, you've got to clean the church. Vacuum the church, dust the church, do all those other things. Besides that, you need to start doing the bulletin every week. Make sure that's up to date. You need to do more calling in the hospitals and the homes. And by the way, we want you to teach an additional class during the week. I've been where Brother Barry's at. You've been in similar situations. I can't do all of that. And I can't serve the needs of everybody. You can't serve everybody's needs. That's why we have Sunday school directors and assistant directors and piano players and pastors and teachers because it takes, if you will, a community. It takes a church to serve. Moses led the people out of Egypt, but he had Aaron and Joshua to help him. David had Joab to help him and his 600 loyal men. Daniel had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to serve with him. Jesus had his disciples. Barnabas, uh, Paul had Barnabas and Silas. Who do you have serving in this church so that all of these servants, different backgrounds, different ideas, different goals, but you're all pinned together, all pinned together, all hooked together to serve the Lord at Hopewell Baptist Church. You have this aisle running down the middle of the church. I don't know how many times I've seen a bulletin lay in the middle of the aisle or a piece of trash laid in the, and we walk right by it. Let somebody else pick it up. Simple thing, but a servant's heart, this is my church. I want it clean. I'll pick it up. 
You're going to need people for vacation Bible school with a servant's heart. You're going to, you're going to need van drivers, teachers, others, a servant's heart. Service requires helpers. And then serving is personal. Serving is personal. Brother Barry or I, when I was a pastor this morning, I can stand here and I can, I can preach to you. And then you can go out these doors and you won't see me till the next time you come back. But I have your visitor's card. And I'm going to come see you. Why? Because your visit is personal to me. The fact that you took time to be here is personal to me. And I can't talk to you one-on-one -on -one in a church service and find out what your needs are and, and what kind of church you're looking for and how I can best help you in a church service. But I can. When I sit down on your sofa and we begin to talk and ask you, what do you need? How can I, how can Hopewell Baptist Church serve you? Jesus fed 5,000 plus. He fed 4,000 plus. But one day he was going through a city. Crowds on, on both sides of the road. And I don't think it was an accident. I think it was meant to be. But Jesus is walking along. And Jesus knew exactly where to look. And there was that sycamore tree. And there was that Zacchaeus. And he said, with all of those people there, he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. We're going to have lunch at your house today. That's personal ministry. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And Jesus said, could have said, Nicodemus, you're one of the people that are persecuting me. You're a Pharisee. You have, your group has hounded me from the very first word of ministry until now. I don't have time to deal with you. But Jesus took time to deal with Nicodemus. And he led him to Christ eventually. And he became a follower of the Lord. Can you look around this auditorium this morning? Can you, can you say to, to yourself... This person is a Christian because of me. This person has come to Hopewell because of me. This person is doing better in some area of their life because of me, because I've taken a personal interest in them. We, Lockhart Baptist Church where I pastored, you go out the front door and there's a little... Mohegan Street, and then right on the other side of that street, there's a house. One of the ladies in our church texted around, and we have a private group where we can share things. But she texted around and said, Laura's husband is, is, is dying. And we need to reach out to her as much as we can. And we did. The church reached out to her. I reached out to her. I was blessed to, to be able to preach her husband's funeral when he passed away.
and now she's coming to Lockhart Church. We didn't do it to get her to come, but we did it because she was right there. That was a place of service. We needed to call and make our service personal. And then serving calls for sacrifice. Serving calls for sacrifice. <clears throat> Betty and I had kind of got caught up with NCAA women's softball. And we watch, we've watched a lot of that, just to be honest with you. And those young girls are anywhere from freshmen to fifth-year seniors at whatever school they go to. But as the batter comes to the play, the new pitcher comes to the mound, the commentators will say, she's done this, and she's done that, meaning that she has sacrificed to get from where she was to play in NCAA softball championships. It takes sacrifice to be a servant. It takes sacrifice to be a servant. We have on Wednesday night what we call a kicks program. Kids in Christ's Kingdom, I think is what it stands for. And it has amazed us what has happened last year. We would run 70, 75 kids every Wednesday night in the kicks program. And we fed them and we taught them and they went outside for physical activities and we've seen kids saved because of the kicks program. But the, the people that feed them come into the church about 4.30 and they start feeding. And they just don't feed them processed meals. They get, cook good homemade meals for them. And they're there every Wednesday night that we have kicks. They're servants. <clears throat> and then we have people come in straight from work to be teachers of these kids on Wednesday night. We have a van driver. He makes, I think, two or three trips around Flor Florella and Lockhart to pick up kids to come home or to come to church on Wednesday and then to take them home. And sometimes it's 8.30 or 9 o'clock before he gets home. But he's a servant. He's a servant. Serving is not easy. I use Brother Barry because I've been in his spot. And I don't know what you've been through. But no doubt there's been a lot of mornings Brother Barry's gotten up early and gone to a hospital somewhere. And he sat there all day long waiting for someone to, to get out of surgery. And he's driven all the way back, serving. Some of you have taken food to people you don't know because there's been a death. Some of you have wrapped your arms around these teenagers to love them and help them and encourage them. But you've sacrificed for it. When you have VBS this year, it'll call for some sacrifice on some of your parts. Serving. Serving. Jesus says he came to give his life a ransom for many. You probably won't die serving the way Jesus did. But how many lives can you touch 
and the time that Jesus gives you to serve him. And then serving changes lives. We know that there are many changed by the life of, of Christ and his ministry. And you can touch lives. And let me just close with this. Turn to John chapter 4, if you will, please. John chapter 4. Just close with one verse. Who do you want me to serve? Who do you want me to minister to? We've just started supporting a lady that's going to the Dominican Republic as a missionary. That's where God has called her. God has a place for you to serve. Well, Lord, where do you want me to do? Who do you want me to do it for? If you'll just say, Lord, I'll be a servant, God will put you where he wants you to be and he will open the door for you to serve him. Look at John chapter 4, verse 35, and we're going to close. Jesus is speaking. Jesus says, Say not ye that there are four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. So what Jesus is saying here, there are people out there that need to be served. Open your eyes, see who they are, and serve them. People across the street, people down the road, people that you work with, people that you go to school with, just open your eyes, open my eyes, that I may see. Let's serve the Lord. Would you bow in prayer this morning? Heads are bowed. I'm going to ask our pianist to come this morning. I have been blessed. I have been blessed in my life to hear some of the great preachers in America and I listen to some of them, and I'm amazed at what they've dug out of Scripture and are able to relate to those that are hearing them. I say that to say, and I, and I don't say it with false humility, but I do say I, I understand my limits to some extent as a preacher. I'm not a Charles Stanley or David Jeremiah or Robert Jeffress or Chuck Swindoll. But one thing that I can do that they do is to preach the word. And that's all I've tried to do this morning as humbly and as honestly as I know how. Now, Again, as humbly as I know how, I've done what God wants me to do. So now the responsibility, the burden is on you. You're sitting there and you're thinking, Lord, I want to be a servant. 
I'm not serving near as well as I ought to, or I'm not even begun to serve you, but I, I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ wherever he will use me. So I'm going to ask you to make a decision this morning. Would you surrender to the Lord this morning for service? I want to serve him. And in just a moment, as the invitation is given, you may want to come and kneel at these steps or one of these front pews and, and say, Lord, this morning I want to commit, my, commit myself to serving you in a, in a completely different way than I have in the past, a new and fresh and vital and loving service. But this morning, you're not a Christian. doesn't mean you're not a Baptist. doesn't mean you don't attend church. doesn't mean you don't give. But it does mean that you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. And today, in all of his compassion, God wants to forgive you of your sin if you'll, if you'll accept that forgiveness by receiving him as your Savior. You too can come this morning. Someone will take the Bible and show you out of Scripture how you can be saved. Would you do that this morning? If you have other needs, you come and the pastor or someone will, will take Scripture and help you in your time of need. So, dear Heavenly Father, I, I want to commit this service to you. And I pray, Father, that through these simple words that have been spoken this morning, that you will call, call more people into your service here at Hopewell, call more people into deeper service here at Hopewell, and send us out, Lord, with a view that we're going on to a mission field that is ripe for harvest. And we, may we be a good harvester, I pray. With heads bowed, with eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to...